it's like well, probably fine just leave it alone i think that's kind of why i'm done with that because it's sort yeah. of like i don't want to treat my body like a project Welcome back. You're listening to Let It Out, a podcast that I host. My name is Katie Dalebow. If this is your first time, what a weird episode to start with, but it's going to be a good one. It's a variety show of sorts. As many of you know, I've been hosting this podcast for several years, since 2013. And a couple years ago, I started helping other people start podcasts I was advising people one-on-one and then I made a workshop called Let a Podcast Out. And the last time I ran the workshop, it's kind of like a writer's workshop, but for podcasters where there's support and community and different elements of it. There's eight audio lectures, everything from coming up with a concept and naming it, interviewing, marketing it and sharing it and getting people to listen to it and eventually monetizing it. And then I interviewed over a dozen other podcasters who tell about their experience and there's resources and worksheets and I'm really proud of it. It's a a great thing I made. And here's why, because every time I go through this workshop, there's live elements of it as well, of connecting and talking on the phone all together. I have a contest element where people can submit an episode of their podcast or a clip of an episode from a podcast that they produce over the course of the workshop. And I will air one of them on this podcast channel that you're listening to right now, plus an interview with one that really lands and resonates with me. So this time that I ran the workshop last spring through summer, I had a really interesting time with it. Something weird happened. First of all, I used the workshop myself to launch a podcast, which is called Spiraling, that I co-host with Serena Wolf. And you might have listened to that. Maybe you haven't yet, but it's an anxiety podcast that's optimistic (laughs) about mental health. And it's another project I really love that I'm so happy that I was able to use the things that I went through in this course to actually make something myself. And then the other weird thing that happened was I was listening to all the submissions and there were more submissions this time than any other time. And it was very difficult to choose one to air for this episode. There was a really interesting episode about yoga nidra, which is something that I didn't really know much about. And there was one that was about poems, about bodies. There was one about being tired of being tired, a lot about embracing vulnerability. There was a principal, a school principal. There was a person who works in HR. There was a couple teachers. There were so many different people who do so many different things. There was a professor of comparative literature in this course who made a podcast about fiction. It was just really cool to listen to all these different episodes. And I couldn't choose just one. I wanted to do clips of so many. Like I said, this one about body image where people were writing letters to their bodies called Dear Body, I'm Sorry. It was just so beautiful and moving. And I couldn't pick just one. So I'm doing two clips this time. And I did many interviews with the hosts of each of these two podcasts. So congratulations to everyone who went through the workshop last time and submitted an episode. 
I'm really proud of you for making a creative project and putting it out into the world. So here's my first interview with host of the Wisdom Within podcast. Her name is Zoe, and she starts each episode with a brief meditation, which I was kind of like, I don't know. I kind of rolled my eyes at it. Like, I don't know if I want a meditation. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this, but I weirdly really enjoyed it and needed it. And we never do that in this podcast. So I'm airing that part. So you'll get to hear her and her intro and this meditation because I really liked her vibe. She was very chill and I just liked meeting her a lot. So she tells this story about letting go of the how in a situation that has to do with change. And I needed to hear that story when I heard it, which you'll hear me talk about in my interview with her, but enjoy this and just be in your body for a moment. Okay, Zoe, I'm so proud of you and your podcast. I loved every ounce of it. But what's funny is, so you talk about in this episode that we're going to hear a clip of releasing the how and just allowing things to unfold without you trying to control. And I want people to listen to the full story in the episode, but could you just give like a one sentence rundown of what that means to you and where you're at with it now? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely an ever-evolving relationship to the idea, and it certainly is still challenging for me all the time. But basically, I had this huge shift in my life that kind of forced me to surrender in a way that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. And what I found was that in surrendering, I really allowed the forces of the universe to kind of show up for me in ways that I could never have come up with or orchestrated myself. And so the the episode is really just a reflection on that particular experience and what a gift it is to be able to kind of just like relax <laughs> into that idea. Because I know I personally get so caught up in in trying to feel like I'm doing everything right or like I've done, taken all of the actions that I can take to have a certain outcome or to meet certain expectations that I've set for myself. And really at the end of the day, it's not like how things come about is really out of our control. And so if we can really reflect back on and center into you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it and focus our attention and energy on that, we can kind of give the rest of it up and allow the how to be revealed. And in my experience, that is a really beautiful, because then you, then you allow yourself to be surprised and that's where the beauty really comes out. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's one part of it is allowing surprise, but I think the other part is releasing control because that has been true in my life as well. And it's like any time that I've tried to make something happen, brick wall hasn't, hasn't <laughs> yes. happened. Anytime I've just been relaxed and again, not just like sitting on my hands, not doing anything, but making myself available, things have just come to me and worked out far better than I could have conceived. And it's usually not the way I expected something. And that's what this story that you tell in this episode is really about. And I just related to it so much. And I, this story in particular 
is about a job and about a transition, which I want to talk about pivoting out of a job with you and, and kind of where you are now with that. But I listened to your episode while I was moving and I was mm. trying to decide what apartment to get. And I was just like really having a tough day with that and trying to deciding between one place that was more expensive and another place that was less expensive in the neighborhood and the roommate and the blah, 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 blah. And I also, during that day, needed to listen to all of the entries to this contest to choose a winner. And so I was like, oh, I have to do this like... Essentially, like it's it was actually ended up being really fun because there were so many great episodes to listen to. But it was like I have to do this work task, but I'm also trying to make this choice. And I was like, oh, let's pick this one and to do first, you know, like. And I didn't I didn't like look at who it was or the name or anything. I just like clicked on the link, and I listened to your episode. And I was like, oh my god, this is exactly what I need to do <laughs> about just releasing the how because like I, I actually had an apartment I was supposed to move into and it didn't work out and uh, something better came along. But it was like, if I had stressed and tried to control, like that doesn't go well. It never goes well. And you know, oh, you know, what's so funny. I'm going to read this to you, Zoe. I have a post-it note that I don't remember when I put this on my computer, but can I read to you what it says? Yeah, of course. I think it's something my friend Adam told me about. He's done, done the podcast, but it says, don't stress and try to control. How's that worked out for you so far? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel called out. <laughs> right? I mean, yes. it's just so true. It's like anytime I try to push myself or try to make something happen, I'm again, I'm met with, I'm either on a hamster wheel or it's just a really big door slam. But every oh, time yeah. I've been open and just allowing and not trying to control and present. I think you really have to be present during all of this surrender. It's like all about being present, which I never want to do. I constantly want to be in nostalgia or planning for the future. Being here now is so uncomfortable, you know, but like mm -hmm. that's where everything happens. And so anyway, thank you for this story and this episode because it was, it was very, very, impactful for me. And I am just really grateful that, that you shared it. So not that it's a spoiler to the story, cause I do want people to listen to it. But like I said, it's about you pivoting out of a job and change and transition with that. And that's something that I did recently as well. And it brought up so much it was really jarring. It's really destabilizing to have a full-time job and then not, even if it's welcome, even if it's a good thing, even if it's expected, no matter what the situation is. So I just want to check on you. Like, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely was a huge kind of earth shattering transition. And that was back in February of this year that that happened. And I really took it as an invitation to really dive into work that fed my soul and that really felt like an authentic expression of you know who I am and who I want to be and what I want to bring to the world and how I want to serve other people. So it's been a really beautiful journey throughout the year. And now I'm at the point where I have my own coaching practice and I coach women really on similar to the topic of my podcast, The Wisdom Within, really providing coaching and healing work to women who are ready to connect to their own wisdom within and, and that source of truth that they already have within them, you know, who they really are before everything else got in the way of that. 
And it's been hugely, hugely rewarding so far. And had the universe not come in and kicked me out of that job, and had I not released the how in that, you know, I don't know that that this is the story that I would be telling. So it's all, it's, you know, certainly not an ending, but I would say happy ending, (laughs) so to speak. That's really cool. I'm so proud of you and congratulations. Are you into human design at all? Oh, totally. Do you know, are you a projector? How did you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I just had lunch with Erin Claire. Did you Mm. listen to her on my podcast? You know who she is? Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She's great. So we were together a week ago and she was talking to me about, she's also a projector, about her being open to invitations. And it's essentially what we're talking about here. And, you know, we're getting kind of inside baseball for projectors, but I think this is an interesting conversation for anyone. But I really felt articulated by this. And it was the concept of, she said her work is just to make herself visible so invitations can come to her, so she can surrender. And I was like, wow. That's really cool and interesting and takes a lot of the pressure off from doing much at all of just she's mm-hmm. making herself visible. And I, I'm also a projector and I feel like for me, it's a bit different. I mean, everybody's life is a, is a bit different for me. I'm not really ready to make myself visible. That's not something I need to lean into mm-hmm. because I am pretty, pretty visible. Not that I'm like hugely famous or an influencer or anything, but like I've kind of been trying to make myself visible for years. Like I've been doing this podcast. I've been on social media. I've been like, here I am world. And that's partly like my, my nature. I just was doing an Instagram live before we're recording this now about my podcast course. And somebody asked, how do you get over your fear of being seen? And I was just like, shit, I don't have an answer to that. Cause I don't have that. <laughs> like I came out of the womb, like musical theater, here I am. <laughs> but really this all goes back to my moon is in Leo and like my North node is in I don't know. I don't even know astrology. I don't know why I'm like, (laughs) but basically my karma, I think is I want to be making myself visible all day. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something I need to do eventually. But right now I'm craving going in a hole, going down wormholes, creating work, creating art, making things. And then I'll come out and do what Erin's doing of like making myself visible. But she spent the last several years going down wormholes, learning, educating herself about human design, making all of these things. And so now her work is just to be visible. So I think we go through different phases where it's like waiting for invitations, whether you're a projector or not. It's just about less pushing, less asking, less forcing things to fit and more aligning, taking care of yourself, resting making things. And then when you're ready, you know, going into the sharing phase. And my co-host of of my other podcast, Spiraling Serena, said to me that this was my cocoon year, which I like mm-hmm. because it implies that next year I'm going to be a butterfly or something. But I think that it's very indicative of what we're talking about, about waiting for an invitation and not forcing. And, you know, sometimes you're in the cocoon phase where you need to just like be quiet and go inward. Or, you know, I think Lacey Phillips would call that like a magic dark or even a bottom, but knowing that on the other side of that, there is some sort of metamorphosis, there is some good. And that's just a a nice, it's all about trust. You know, surrender is about trust. Totally. And this, it's interesting This reminds me of just my whole process with this course generally. You know, I decided to sign up for the course. Workshop thing? Yes, yes. 
you know, I decided to take the leap and go through sort of my cocoon time of figuring out, you know, what I wanted to say and what I wanted the message to be and how I wanted to set it all up and kind of put all that time and energy into it. And now fast forward six months or however long it's been into October, that's I've sort of been given this invitation with this contest to kind of share my message. That's, that's so cool. So how did you yeah, and you didn't try, you didn't force, you just you just made something mm-hmm. and submitted it, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you yep. think that you were going to win this contest when you put the link into the, what am I saying? When you submitted your episode. <laughs> so Katie, it's really funny because when I first signed up for the course, I was like, oh, you know, that's cool that you can submit an episode for a contest, but like, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on myself. I don't even know if I'll have something done. I kind of wrote it off as like not even a part of the course. Mm-hmm. I just didn't even think about it. And it took me, you know, I kind of took my time going through all of the modules and there came to be a certain point at the end of the summer where I was just assumed that the contest had ended by now. But then I randomly got an email saying, hey, the deadline is you know, tomorrow or whatever it is. And I was like, oh, well, I actually, I do have an episode that's ready. Like, eh, I'll just send it in, whatever. We'll see what happens. So no, I, I definitely did not think I was going to win. I didn't even think I was going to have anything to submit to you. So the whole thing is really just a cosmic, I don't know. It's crazy. That's so funny. So the whole contest <laughs> element is modeled after a writing workshop that I went to where the grand prize was a book deal with Hay House. And much like you, I was like, cool, cool, cool. There's a contest, <laughs> like a deadline. Great. I'm not going to be able to do that. I think a, a fir- at first, honestly, I was like attracted to it. I was like, maybe I could win. And then I like got into the weeds of like making a book proposal. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to finish this in time. And I just took that pressure off myself. And then the night before people have maybe heard the story, but the night before long story short, I submitted it. And then I realized I like wasn't going to make the deadline and then realized that the deadline was on West coast time. So I had two more hours and then I submitted it and I won and I got a book deal. And wow. you know, that was four years ago. So I love these stories and I love the contest element. And like, I, you know, and this time we had so many submissions. We've, we've had it several last time, but like we keep getting more each time, which I think is great. And, you know, more work on mine to listen to them all, but it really is fun. And I really do listen to every single one of them. And it's just funny to like hear these kismet stories. Like I'm, I'm so happy that, that you won. Tell me a bit more about your podcast. It's called the wisdom within what is the show structured? Like, what are some of the things you're talking about this season? And then a big part of it is a, you do a meditation each episode. And I'm going to be honest with you, Zoe, I heard that there was going to be a meditation in this. And I was like, how do I feel about that? I'm not sure. Is it <laughs> cool? Is it going to not be cool? Do I want that? Do I not? And I loved it. I was just Aww. like, way that you do it, the way you were like really chill about it. It wasn't this big thing. That's actually the clip we're going to be sharing right now. So if you could just set that up for us, first, tell me about the Wisdom Within podcast, what it is, what we can expect this season, and then like set up this meditation for us. Well, the Wisdom Within is really just inspired by my own journey to kind of reconnect with my own authenticity and vulnerability and really trusting my intuition. And, you know, so far it's really me sharing bits of my own life, little insights and wisdoms that I've gathered from my own experiences that, you know, I hope will help other people in their own circumstances and in their own journeys. 
But you know, at the end of the day, I really firmly believe that the world will be a better place when we can all show up fully as ourselves and trust that we are the authorities on our own lives and we have all the answers that we need and we can stop you know, looking outside of ourselves for that. So, so far, the podcast is really just me kind of practicing what I preach uh, in that sense and you know, sharing the answers that I've found for myself through my own life experiences. So, you know, so far in this season, I cover in this episode, the process of losing my job and the realizations from that. And then just some other insights around things like anxiety, feeling overwhelmed and, and taking action on things, building a community of support of people who can really hold your vision alongside of you. And then, like you said, meditation. Meditation has been a huge, huge, huge part of my life. Everything's changed since I started meditating a couple of years ago. And so it was really important for me to include that as a component in each episode. And it's super informal. It's re- they're all short. It's really just to kind of help everybody take a couple deep breaths, get grounded, get centered, and really just to arrive in the moment. You know, you talked about presence just a minute ago. And I think that presence in our day-to-day life is so, so important, even for a podcast episode, even when we're getting ready to listen to something. If we can be, if we can set the intention and, and ground into ourselves and be present, we can absorb the information and, and really have the experience for ourselves so much more. Plus, it's just nice to have an opportunity to have somebody to tell you to take a couple deep breaths. <laughs> yeah, I think we can always use that. I meditated on the G train this morning and it was like <laughs> fine. You know, I think it's just anytime you can close your eyes and stop and be present. I just said this to a friend. I've never really said in a dinner conversation or in a conversation with a friend like, oh, I learned this crazy thing on social media today, or I learned something really insightful or impactful, you know, on social media. But I've often said, I learned something new on a podcast today, or isn't this interesting about what's happening in the world? I heard it on a podcast. I've said that often. And I think the information is a bit more potent coming from a podcast. And maybe it's because even though you're multitasking, you're a bit more present with the information than when you're scrolling and it's quick. And part of this too might just be me being more of an auditory learner, but I think it also feels it feels more like an interaction that you're having mm-hmm. with someone, which you know makes it easier to be to be present for it. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well said. Well, is there anything else that you know? As you know, the name of my podcast is "Let It Out." So, is there anything else that you want to let out that you want people to know about about podcasting, about you, about the course, about your day, about their wisdom? <laughs> I don't know anything. Let us yeah. out. Well, I'm really just super, super grateful to have this conversation with you and to have been chosen and to have the opportunity to spread my message to the world and, you know, hoping that everyone who is ready to receive it will will receive it. And everyone can connect with me on Instagram or on my website, Zoe Grayman in both places, zoegrayman.com. I'd love to connect with everyone there and thank you so much. You're listening to the Wisdom Within Podcast, a journey into vulnerability, authenticity, and trusting your intuition. 
My name is Zoe, and my greatest passion is to support people in uncovering and celebrating who they really are. I believe the world will be a better place when we stop being other people and start being ourselves. Join me here for reflections, conversations, and guidance, all with the goal of helping you to place ultimate trust in who you are, where you are going, and why you are here. It's time to return to yourself. This is episode number two. I did want to dive a little bit deeper today um, and talk about um, a big change that happened in my life that sort of uh, led me to be here and and to start this podcast. But first, uh, you know, as promised, before we dive into that, I'm going to lead you through a short grounding and centering meditation just to help us all arrive into the space and come back to our bodies. Um, And as I warned before, I'll probably continue to remind you, but if you're driving um, or if you're in the middle of doing something, you know, you don't have to close your eyes. You can just listen and concentrate on your breath. Um, But if you are able to close your eyes, go ahead and do so now. And just take a couple nice deep breaths, maybe in through your nose, out through your mouth. I always find that the most centering and relaxing breaths have a shorter inhale and a longer exhale. So if you're breathing in through your nostrils, just fill all the way up. And then exhale slowly through your mouth. Let's do that one more time together. Inhale through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. Great. Now let's take a moment to just notice what's happening in your body. How are you feeling today? Are there any areas that are holding a lot of tension? Maybe you can relax your jaw Pull your tongue away from the roof of your mouth. Just kind of let your jaw hang in place. And this meditation doesn't have to be focused on stillness. You can be in movement. So if it would feel good to roll your shoulders back a few times or do some neck rolls or, you know, crack your knuckles or whatever it is that's going to make you... Feel more centered and more comfortable in your body today. Go ahead and do that now. Just bring your attention back to you. Pull it away from all the other places it's been. This is a time for you. What is your body asking for? Does it need more food, more water, more rest? Go ahead and ask it what it needs and see what comes up. Mm -hmm. 
And once you have your answer, thank it for the information. Take another deep breath in and sigh it out. <sighs> Great. And when you're ready, you can go ahead and open your eyes. Welcome to the rest of the episode. <laughs> Isn't Zoe great? Listen to the full episode on her podcast feed and listen to her other episodes because I think she's a good one. She's really vulnerable and lovely and I liked her a lot. Okay, next up we have the co-hosts of the podcast That's So Woo and we're airing the episode where they talk about bodies. And I mentioned this, but I was worried. I didn't know what this was going to be like, but... I loved it. So here's a little bit about what you're going to hear in that episode in a mini interview with them. You'll hear a little bit of me talking to them before, and then you'll hear their episode about bodies. And then we do a little postscript after of us chatting. So that's that. Enjoy. If you do want to sign up for my podcasting course, if you have an idea, I just want to tell you right now in the middle of the show, the last day to sign up is on Monday. It's the 21st at start. So sign up, use the code let it out to save some money. And I would love to have you if you want to start a podcast or know someone who does send them our way. But right now, enjoy this episode about bodies. Jordan and Kayleen, welcome to let it out. I'm so happy that you're here. And I am a fan of your new podcast. That's pretty woo. I'm just really proud of you for making a podcast. Well, thank you, Katie. We are so happy to be here and we're so happy we took your course. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> so tell everyone listening, what is That's Pretty Woo? How did you guys come up with the concept and what can they expect this season? The tagline of the show is basically that it's about like life, beauty, and magic. But Kayleen is, she was a client of mine, still is. Um, I'm a hairstylist. And she approached me some months ago and was like, Would you ever want to start a podcast? Because I feel like after I leave the chair, I want to have like show notes for our conversation. And we kind of laughed. And I was like, Actually, yeah. And my husband has a lot of the gear because he does video work. And so it seemed like a natural fit. And we both love to talk. We're chatty Cathy's. Mm -hmm. And we ended up talking about, we both are really into woo woo stuff. We kind of wanted to debunk woo and say what it was really about and get into the sort of spiritual realm. And so each episode has a different topic, if you want to say like... Yeah. So a few of the episodes are on rituals and the moon. We've done one on food. We've done one on doing less and letting go and what that really means. So we've kind of just picked on different topics to discuss. We just did one on fiction, which is actually super woo-woo. Uh, it doesn't really seem <laughs> like it, but fiction books are all made up, which is kind of woo. So it's just girl talk, the two of us chatting about these topics. And it's been a really fun creative expression, but also like a huge self inquiry, self-discovery process. Oh yeah. I've been saying like, if you ever want to learn about yourself, like record a podcast and then edit it and <laughs> self-reflect the whole time because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of self-reflection, but it's been wonderful actually. It's really interesting because I loved listening to it, not because it was so woo-woo, but because it was so grounded. You know, I feel like you two are people who are very much smart women doing many different things. You're both moms. 
this is a creative project that clearly feeds you, which is exactly what I what I hoped people would get from starting podcasts. And I just love the fact that a podcast like this of two people having a conversation who genuinely like each other makes people who eavesdrop on that conversation feel less alone. You know, that's what I hope to do with Let It Out and with Spiraling and with a lot of the projects that I make. But what's interesting is how grounded the two of you are to talk about these different topics. And part of that might be the episode that I listened to and that people are about to hear now, which is about like the most grounded topic, which is about bodies. And you guys both have such a interesting, beautiful perspective in talking about all these different elements of your bodies that I was so excited to hear you explain because I thought that it could kind of go either way. I was like, oh God, they submitted an episode on bodies. Like I was honestly... <laughs> we thought that too. <laughs> we, were, we were nervous to record it for sure. Yeah, I was kind of worried. I was like, oh God, is this going to be really diety? Is this going to be about like exercise or weight loss or body image heavy? Or like, what is this going to be? But you guys really covered the gamut. Like you do talk about doing less and exercise wise and physical therapy wise and injuries. And you talk about getting more into your feminine and you talk about body image and you talk about Jordan, you having back surgery and and being a competitive swimmer at one point, you guys talk about acupuncture and cupping and how to feel more in your body. You talk about motherhood and how we're all animals. Like Kayleen, you were hilarious. And you talked when you talked about how we're animals and you really, really learned that when you were giving birth and that like, we're this animal creature that I remember like having a moment where I realized that in my own body and different ways of getting into your body. And it was just a really great episode. How did you guys decide on that topic and why did you choose that one to submit to this contest? Well, we recorded three, we batch record and we had recorded three knowing that we were going to, with the timeline that we were recording on, we knew we had to submit one to you. And so I think we finished up the episode and immediately both of us were like, that was the one. And it just felt really like it kind of went off the off the rails a little bit like in the episode but you know it was in a way that was so real i think yeah i mean oftentimes we wrap an episode and we look at each other and we're like what did we just talk about and what did we just say and what did we just reveal and i think that we both left feeling like that after the bodies episode but we also felt like wow that was a really valuable conversation mm-hmm. and we both felt good about having it so um yeah, we just, I think we thought it would resonate with you. And it was funny because Katie, you had just posted something recently about like cellulite on your Instagram feed. And we were like, that's like what we're talking about is just learning to love these bodies that we're in, but also like Mm -hmm. loving the parts of us that judge the body too. Like it's all part of the process of like this life that we're experiencing. You guys are really wise. I mean, genuinely, that this episode helped me a lot. <laughs> I oh. mean, it really, it was, yeah, it was, it hit me hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really am so happy that it exists and that you guys made it. Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. 
conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Let's talk about bodies. Okay, we're going to talk about bodies today. <sighs> Where do you want to start with your body, Jordan? Where are you in your body right now? Where to start? Um, it's, it is a journey. It is a never-ending journey because your body is always changing. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's start with like that bodies are magic. They're freaking magic. Like anybody who denies magic or anything woo, but then talks about like having a body Bodies are insane. They do insane things for us. Like the little micro systems that exist that keep our bodies going are absolutely wild. And yeah, bodies are magic. Yeah, but it's easy to forget the magic of our bodies because we're like sometimes operating all within our heads. Or, yeah. you know, so it's like, it's a very easy thing to be disconnected from. Or, I mean, that's why when you walk into a yoga class, the first thing they do is like bring you into your body because you've been out of your body all day and now it's Weird. like That's come true. back into the body focus on where your body's touching the surfaces like where are your feet like feel the air around your body breathe and the oh, breath in your body like just the simple thing of like we all breathe without any effort and then when we do make an effort to breathe it like immediately brings you back into your body so like where do we go when we're not in our body Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm out of my body so much. Even in yoga, half the time I'm like... In your head. In my head, Mm -hmm. yeah. What are things you do, rituals that you have that get you back into your body? I think breathing is definitely one of them. So I have a a career in the long, long history of my life where I was in sales. And we had... There was one guy that was like a manager and he was like a really young company. It was fast-paced, cold call, high-intensity, commission-structured sales job, which is like pretty different from how I am now, right? Like Mm -hmm, it was like mm -hmm. super alpha and competitive. And this guy was a, he was like older, like grandfatherly. And he always gave us like really good advice. He was like very inspirational, but also like super hardcore. And he gave this advice that before any meeting, before any call, before you would step into a room just to take a beat, just to take one beat where you breathe mm-hmm. and you think about where you are and where you're, where you're headed. So before you step into a conference room for a meeting or before you pick up a phone to make a call. And I think about that now before I step into my kids' rooms when I pick them up in the morning or when they wake up from their naps. I like before I enter that, th- I don't do it every single time. Mm. But when I think of it, I take a beat. I just breathe and I think about like, I love them. And this is like an experience that we're, you know, we're in this life together. And so that brings me out of wherever I was and into my body and into like where I'm heading next. Yeah, I get that. I could see that. I mean, breathing to me, I think is definitely important. I think it's funny that I feel like often I have to set aside time to like be in my body. Like Mm -hmm. when you, when I think of like doing, I think that's why I'm so attracted to my typical form of fitness is to take a class. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because like once I'm there, I've paid, I'm committed. There's other people, I'm accountable. And it's like, oh, you have to be in your body for this amount of time. But like, it is strange that I'm in my body also the rest of my life and don't, (laughs) I feel so much more in my head. I'm, I'm just now realizing that like, as we're having this conversation, I'm like, gosh, yeah, huh, that mind body connection. Well, it's just like easy to forget that you have yeah. an elbow. Yeah. Like, yeah. And your elbow like just operates on its own. Like you're not like telling your elbow what to do all the time. It's just being your elbow. Oh my God, now I think about my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> 
what are your forms of fitness? Like, or, oh yeah. So, I mean, just a little bit, I guess, about my background and like where I come from fitness. Like I've always been a very physical person. I swam competitively my whole life and I was really good at it when I was little. I was like ranked in the nation at 10 and stuff. So it was like, yeah, it was like a big, huge part. My physical experience was a huge part of my life growing up. And I think a lot of people when they're younger and kids, like I think you're more connected. Like just look at your babies. Of course. They're super connected to their bodies because their brains are developing. I swam in college. And when I quit swimming, I like went through a long phase where I like didn't do anything because I was like, what am I? Who am I? I don't swim anymore. What do I do? And that's when I came back to yoga the first time. So I actually started yoga when I was 15 as like a Sunday thing that I did on the days that I didn't have swim practice to stretch, which is funny, like yoga is not about stretching, but that was how I started. And so then when I left swimming and I got into yoga, that was kind of my next thing that I was really into. And the thing I like about yoga is I feel like I haven't practiced yoga actually for a year now. But I know I can always go back yeah. to it. And I I actually did like a 200-hour yoga teacher training that I completed. So I have like roots in yoga. And now I feel like I could do a home practice if I wanted. But I'm not like, don't love rolling out my mat by myself. I also much prefer to be guided and someone tell me what to do. So these days, in the last few years, I've gotten really into Pilates. I went to, I was seeing someone to help me rehab a diastasis, which is when your abdominal muscles separate through pregnancy, which is a very normal thing for our bodies to do. But mine, not everybody's go back the way that's the most supportive way for your body to heal. And so I went to Pilates for a long time and I really liked that. So I'm actually in a phase of like no formal, I'm not doing anything Mm -hmm. right now workout wise. And that's been interesting because I've kind of come to this place where I want to do the easiest thing possible. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I think my life with toddlers and stuff is like intense enough physically. It's super demand. Like little kids are really physically demanding. I think we sometimes forget that. It takes a toll on your body. Right. Healing and then also just dealing with them and their little bodies all the time. So I'm actually with me and my body and exercise right now, I'm kind of like one, not doing, I would, I tend to say not doing enough which like we're probably all doing more than we need to do. <laughs> right. But like walks in the neighborhood. And then I do some like physical therapy for my pelvic floor and for my abs. And that's pretty much it. You're somebody who works out. I am. I yeah. really am. Yeah. But honestly, it hasn't, it's not like to some great avail. Like my friend Molly, my best friend, she's always saying like, I hate when people talk about like working out all the time. It's like, don't talk to me about that unless you look like a supermodel. And I'm, I certainly don't. So it's like, I try to be wary of that. Like, yeah, who am I to like be, pre, you know, because by no mean would I say I'm in like peak physical shape, but it's interesting. Cause like I do all these things, but I know I mentioned in like a very early podcast that I love a hundred day challenge and you know, that can pertain to anything. It can be like getting organized or, you know, doing yoga. But then I got to close to day 80 in my hot yoga challenge, or I got past day 80. I was very towards the end of my challenge. So lots of time spent in the, yeah. in the yoga class. And not only was, not only did I read this disturbing article from about like how Lululemon was coming out with a skincare line because to combat hot yoga face, which I totally is a thing because I was realizing I was having like the effects of sun damage needing like an IPL treatment. And I was like, oh my God, it's not from the sun. Like I'm psycho about sunscreen. I use vitamin C. It's from the freaking hot yoga. It's from being in a hot room. Like it's aging me. So number one, I love yoga and I do love the occasional hot yoga, but like a daily hot yoga practice is insane. It's not for you. It's not for me. And also I went on vacation 
And, you know, I had every intention of taking the time every day to go do the yoga. And then I was like, this might be my only time to myself today. Is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. No, I want to spend it on the beach, drinking a pina colada and enjoying life. Like life is too short. I rarely get a vacation. And then I started thinking like, why am I pushing myself so hard all the time? It's not healthy and it's not really serving me. It's not serving me. And so I'm sort of in this phase now of really wanting to lean into my feminine because it's not something I've done before Mm -hmm. and honoring my body in a way that like I've tried intermittent fasting and done all these different things that are sort of like biohacking-esque that aren't necessarily maybe good for my adrenals and Mm -hmm. as a woman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I read the Woman Code book, which I think is a phenomenal book. I haven't read that. Every woman really should pick it up. It's, It's honestly a must read. Is what I would recommend on the list. So I love that. But yeah, just trying to take a more feminine approach, especially because, as you just talked about, I had a diastasis recti before I even had the baby, and we actually went to the same physical therapist. I used her throughout my pregnancy and then sort of never went back after. After having a baby, I used a method called Mutu, which is a system of like breathing inner thigh work. It's a great method. You can just do it online. You can do it online. I I do a lot of online. I've tried pretty much, you name an online program and I've definitely dabbled in it because I I like working out from home. I don't mind that at all, but I also love ClassPass Mm -hmm. and I keep that too. You know, I do it at different rates per month. You can do down to like a $10 and get like one class or you can do, you know, like a $90 and do a bunch of like nine classes or 10. Mm -hmm. I typically do like the $10 and I'll do like one or two classes every month. Oh, that's good. Just to switch it up. Just to get out. Well, I mean, I don't exercise anywhere. Like once a week now is a good goal for me. It used to be that I could go once a day to go to workout class. And when I was swimming in high school, we had two days, you know, and in college. So it's like, it's, I've had a very, I feel like I've like, I crashed into my feminine through pregnancy and birth and then postpartum. I also had back surgery in 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I knew that. Yeah, I, I herniated a disc while I was... Tra- oh, God. I herniated a disc in my back while I was training for a half marathon and while I was enrolled in yoga teacher training. <laughs> I had a back surgery in yeah. the middle of all that. But doesn't that show you like a little mm-hmm. bit of not honoring your body? And I guess yeah. that's sort of what resonates with me right now is like, I haven't been honoring my body. I've mm-hmm. been pushing and trying. We haven't even touched on body image and we're getting, there. It, we're getting there. This is kind of like delving into it. And it's sort of like, I don't necessarily work out to have some kind of like a perfect body or so that I feel a plus about myself. I work out because it's a great stress reliever. And I think maintaining a healthy heart and things like that can be important and moving like just, yeah. I, if I feel better when I move, it definitely cures a lot of anxiety the, for me. Endorphin it's release. real. It really is yeah. real. And so that's more why I work out, but I would be like lying if I said there's never a, you know, physical element. Yeah. So, so you, where are you now? You've done like a little bit of everything. I feel you're a worker. The weirdest thing is like my body has never been more different since having a baby. Mm -hmm. I've also never been more comfortable in my body, but I've also. You're also like time itself. Like, I feel like it's a tricky thing because like, do you you don't actually know what is different because you had a baby and what is different because like I'm in my thirties. You know what I oh, mean? So like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of overlap there yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I will say majority of what I'm, what I feel is like has to do with postpartum mm-hmm. having a baby, your boobs going from a size I cup to a, I don't know, I'm like a C now, <laughs> you know, like things like that. Like yeah. they, things change and yeah. gravity and time. And yeah. you know, those things are all less considerate than they probably would have been if I had a baby when I was like 18. You right. Know? But yeah, it's definitely a bit of an overlap. But also the weird part is that I strangely feel much more comfortable with myself. But Mm -hmm. I found the strange part about having the baby is I've always been a relatively small person. 
fairly in shape, you know, like my weight only ever fluctuates like a certain amount of pounds and, you know, like generally kind of fit in my clothes. Mm -hmm. Never, you know, I've never really experienced like what someone would experience as a bigger person, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's definitely like a bias there. And it's, it's become more evident to me just in the way of speaking with people since I had a baby and my body had changed and maybe I couldn't even recognize it, but other people did. And people would offer like unsolicited advice about my body or mm. it made me feel a certain way where I was like, oh, I don't feel bad about myself, but maybe I should. Like, oh. And it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It made it made me more aware of my body. It's like, I, it didn't necessarily like force me into like, oh, I'm going to go work out and like, I've got to achieve peak physical fitness or get back in my prime. But it definitely was like, I could, I could sense that other people felt like that I'd let myself go or something. It was very bizarre. And it was yeah. just an experience I've never had. And I can't even fathom what it's like to be on the end of a spectrum that's mm-hmm. like where weight is a real struggle, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is interesting because I think in general as women, there's like so much pressure. Like I was at the beach with my family, you know, last few weeks and we'd be like, you know, we were like definitely doing some major people watching and, mm-hmm. you know, looking around and like, you know, you're interested in like these different people and kind of like, it was like, what is the ideal body? Like that's really changed a lot too, you know, with just culture and Mm -hmm. stuff. But Mm -hmm. it was like fascinating to hear everybody's kind of point of view. Like some people, like I think traditionally, like in our culture in America, like the prepubescent body has been kind of like what we strive for, which is really bizarre. Mm -hmm. And then now there's like this trend that's like, tiny waist with big boobs and big butts and like that's also a thing and I, I don't know it's just fascinating I was like oh like I've never thought much about this yeah. I try not to think much about this if I'm yeah. honest but yeah and, and sort of some of what we find appealing is 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 fed to us and then we we think that those things are appealing to us but it's a lot of what we've been conditioned. the majority of it even yeah. even if you're looking at some outskirt fringe idea yeah. like even if you're looking yeah. at like a, the body positivity movement and you're being you're being told like this this is this ideal this is now an ideal body like yeah i think there's a level of that too that's also being fed to us oh like, yeah of course but i think a lot of like that there's a lot of effort to show people a wider range of bodies as so they that should we, yeah. as they should i'm, yeah. I'm happy for the body yeah. positivity movement i by all means like think that's the way it should be and yeah. i hope that that becomes the cultural norm right i do but I think there's even people... But there's still marketing in it. And there's still, uh, there's, yeah. I mean, Nathan yeah. said something to me yesterday or day before, and he was like, everything is marketing. And I was like, what? And then now I can't get it out of my head. And I'm like, oh my God, is everyone selling me something or trying to eventually? And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, what we were talking, it was making me think about um, some of the experiences and thoughts that I've had around bodies since having children, which that's sort of the lens... I feel like I'm in a really strong body phase right now because like I deal with little people's naked bodies constantly. Yeah. So there's just a lot of body happening. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because like when I had my first child, I would like look at his chunky little rolls and I would think about how gorgeous his like fat little body was. And then I would have his fat little body laying on my very mushy breasts and stomach at the moment and think about like, how gross I felt. And then I was like, wait a second. Like, why Why would nature make it so that he's mushy and I'm mushy at the same time if it weren't good for us to be mushy together? Yeah. Like, we're made to mush right now. Like, that's, I'm comfortable. Like, my body is more comfortable for him to lay on right now. Like, this is just how my body is made. Like, I didn't do anything to make it this way. Like, right. it's just the way it is. And like, I adore his little body. And now my daughter, same thing. Like, I love their little bodies. And like, you know how like, 
children's bodies develop like at different phases. And so sometimes they'll look like real funky. Like yeah. they've got a bit in like a huge belly. And like after dinner, like you can see <laughs> uh, if they ate a ton, like yeah, you can see their so little cute. pooches and stuff. And it's cute. It's adorable. We love it. And I don't understand why that I feel that love towards their bodies, why I wouldn't feel that way towards everybody else's body. Yeah, I don't know. Cause it, I do like, and I've, so I've been like at airports and now in public places doing my best to practice this complete love that I have for them towards like all the bodies. Cause they're, we're all just these little tiny babies that grew up. Yeah. And so it's easier for me to practice that on other people's bodies. But then like looking back at myself in the mirror, I would say I'm pretty decently kind to myself, but there's definitely places that I poke and prod at that I'm like, oh, just a little bit more, da, 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 da. Yeah. And that's like, I don't know why. I I don't know. I feel like it's something. I don't know either. I mean, it has to be bred into us by our culture, but I don't know. This is kind of irrelevant, but kind of, I mean, it's about bodies. There's this whole breastfeeding thing where it was like, there was this element, you know, it was probably the most difficult thing I've ever done, which sounds crazy, but it really was. Like I had a really tough time. I didn't know anything about it before I had the baby. And I just thought like, oh, I'll pick up a book. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't do a class, like not the class really could have helped. Like, I don't, I don't know, but I think I would have liked to have known this is how much you'll be doing this. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I had a lot of difficulties and we just had difficulties in general with it. And, you know, when it came time to wean, I was, ended up weaning it around like six months because I was back to work and I just, I simply couldn't set aside enough time to pump enough yeah. for me to give him the, the breast yield. milk. Yeah. And so it didn't make sense at that point because was, I was already having to bottle feed to supplement. But a part of it was like, okay, you have this societal, there's a lot of people out there being like, okay, you've got to breastfeed, breast is best, you know, blah, 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 fed is best, you know, is the other kind of, yeah. I agree with. Yeah. Um, but I, it was interesting because like when it finally came time to wean, I had like such a sorrow and I felt so sad. And it mm-hmm. wasn't that I loved my breastfeeding journey so much or like really felt like this connected tenderness that everybody talks about. Like I, I did it a little bit, but not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And um, And it was interesting because I started realizing like, some things are physiological. Like there's a physiological element yes. there that is is it's like chemical. your hormones yeah. are actually, and yeah. it's true because as you wean, your hormones like shift again. You mm-hmm. have a huge shift in your hormones. So like that sadness, it isn't because other people are mad at you because you're stopping breastfeeding. It isn't because your baby's not going to thrive. It isn't because, it's because you're hardwired yeah. to feel a certain way. And yeah. I think that's not just true of that one thing. I mm-hmm. think that's also true of, what you were just saying about, you know, having these feelings about your body and like in the different phases of life, mm-hmm. I think there's some elements of like aging and getting on that. Of course, there's a little bit of sorrow because it's like you've spent all this time and yeah. you were children once and like you'll never be a teenager again. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, you know, being a teenager, going through puberty, living in that time of your life is such a like, God, I don't wish it upon mm. anyone, but also it's kind of amazing because your yeah. emotions are so heightened. Everything like a song when mm-hmm. you're like when you're a teenager is like, oh, yeah. it's, you'll never you can't get that back. You yeah. know, you have hints of it as you get older, but they're mm-hmm. fewer and far between. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's like part of the cultural craving for this prepubescent body is not yeah. just the body, it's the that time in that your life. Feeling, yeah. That feeling, like c- coming into your own, getting through that awkward stage of puberty. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of Gabby Bernstein had a baby this last year and the day she had the baby or maybe a few days after she posted this picture that was above her in the delivery room. It's like a painting. I'm sure it's still on her Instagram. And it was of like, it was a vagina slash a flower opening oh, yeah. and like, like being burst open, uh-huh. like almost like before a flower dies. Mm-hmm. 
And I think so much about that all the time Hmm. because that's truly how when you're coming of age and you're in your early 20s as a woman and you're getting through puberty, you're like this closed blossom of a thing. Like this, you feel like a flower about to open. Mm -hmm. You feel on the prime of something. Mm -hmm. And then there's maybe a moment where you even, if you're really in your own element and in your own space and in your own head and can really have that mind-body connection, you feel like the flower. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then there is something about having a baby that it's sort of like the flower is done and, I mean I hate to say that but I do <laughs> I do think that there's like an element and then you do it again you know potentially yeah. or yeah. you don't you know yeah. or you never do it and you get yeah. to be the flower forever I don't know <laughs> I'm not really sure right. but but it's just something I think about so much now huh. because that's so how I feel in my body is like the flower burst open like that's really that's Yes, that is my experience of myself in motherhood and my body. And that's why I feel, I think, kinder towards my body because I'm like, well, it served this one purpose. Not that that's all I believe I'm here to do. Trust me, I don't. But I think from a physiological, traditional Mm-hmm. woman gender specific you know maybe so i don't know that that got that's out that was really a tangent but that's, sorry that's where no, i love it <laughs> i love it no that's really interesting to think about yeah i don't know i just i spent some time recently with my grandmother and she her mother died when she was like 50 so my grandmother was saying that she hasn't really learned about aging from her mom because her mom died young and she was saying there's just so much about like the older body that she's still learning that's very embarrassing. And she was like, I was talking to a cute young man pharmacist about my bladder and like very, she was like, can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? She's like, I know it's his job. And he just, um, it's just another question to him and bodies are bodies and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, just, it's fascinating how at each of these stages, like going through puberty, giving birth, all of these big things that happen in our bodies that happen in a lot of bodies, most, you know, many, many, many bodies, we still don't know about them until they happen to us. And then we still don't know, like, I don't know what my heart is actually doing. Like I'm not a doctor or scientist. You know, you think about like all of this stuff that is happening in our bodies and, and we just... I guess you can't like think about it constantly because then you wouldn't have room to think about anything else. But yeah, I like your flower thoughts, but it also kind of makes me sad to think about. Yeah, I I mean, I I think that, but (laughs) I think- That's not something I've thought about. I think there is a lot of, I think you have to respect where you are in your process Mm -hmm. and in your life. And Mm -hmm. I think that the sadness comes from the yearning to be somewhere you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think- owning that that's where I am and that that's okay and that I'm happy with where I am mm-hmm. is and recognizing it and accepting it and letting go sort yeah. of what we, what we talked about yeah. because I think the I think what happens so often is you see I remember when I was like 25 and in my bar classes and I would see these women who were like almost 40 maybe but had kids a lot later you know mm-hmm. they'd bring their twins in and they drop them off and then they had like six packs and they were just like yeah. oh you know like really like grunting and getting yeah. through these classes but I was like man they're in better shape than I've ever been yeah but there was there was something I knew that I had that was different uh-huh. and it was a freedom <laughs> yeah it was a freedom to leave that class <laughs> and go eat a freaking burger and yeah. not take myself too seriously yeah and I think in some ways you know, and not to say I know what that woman's thinking, but like maybe right. maybe she's wanting to be more like a 25-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought about it like that, but that's a good point. I mean, I think uh, the thing that I am like trying to guide myself towards is appreciation for like all of it. And 
anything that I can do with this body and everything that this body does do for me, just appreciating it. And then sometimes my little brain will chime in and be like, oh, that's wrong and that's wrong and your pants are tight and blah, blah, blah. You ate Cheetos and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like that crap that kind of comes in. And then I just try to get back to like, but I am obsessed with my child's bodies and even my grandma who like, you know, she's like, she's old. And so her body looks different than it used to, but I'm obsessed with her cute little body. Like I adore every little inch of her. So why, why can't we feel that way about ourselves? And then if you do start to feel that way about yourself, which I have had moments of that, then to verbalize it and to tell somebody that like you feel good about yourself, especially when you don't have that picture perfect magazine body, right? There's a big disconnect there. Yes. Like even when I would not feel comfortable telling you, like, you know, I feel pretty good about my body right now. I why can't we say that? I don't know. You know, somebody somebody put me on a podcast episode or let me listen to one, and maybe it was a Jen Hatmaker episode, and I can't remember who the guest was. It was about the specific subject of how women refer to themselves mm. and how like it's like a way of communing with each other and making each other feel better is that we bring each other down. Like somebody comes in and not bring each other down. Somebody comes in, say in my chair, sits in my chair and they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, my hair is just like atrocious. Like I'm like, I just am such a mess right now. Like, blah blah. blah. it's like, Oh no, I'm such a mess. We Mm -hmm. immediately go into this, like, let me tear myself down to make you feel better kind Mm -hmm. of mode. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, what if we didn't do that? They brought Mm -hmm. it and it like blew my mind because I was like, whoa, what if we didn't do, like, how do we do that? How would you approach that? Would you come off as condescending? Would you come off as conceited? How would it work? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've been practicing, like I've been trying lately to like, when I like really feel cute, like I feel like I'll tell people, but I'm still like always talking about like my hair or my clothes. It's not like my body that I'm like, oh, my body is so cute and hot today. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I would like to feel that way, you know, about myself and and feel like I could say those things. And I would also like to be able to, sometimes when you hear other people say that though, like maybe it doesn't always make you feel good. So it's an interesting thing. I feel like we're we're veering away from like body image and more just like the the culture that we're in. But I think it's all part of it. Oh, it is. I mean, I how know. much of our body image comes from the culture or like feeling? Mm-hmm. I think we're both kind of actually saying the same things in a lot of ways. It's just my perspective of it is a little bit more like... Dead flower on the floor. It, it Dead flower on the floor. <laughs> yeah, which is strange because I'm like an eternal optimist. So it's like a little bizarre that I'm such a realist in that way. But mm-hmm. I think I... I do have a lot of feelings about aging and trying to combat that negativity that I think we have about it. And being in this phase of my life, it has brought up certain feelings. And Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's easy to sometimes forget the upsides of the next few phases because we don't necessarily know them. Right. And they're not always talked about also. Like we're we're in a, a youth-focused culture. And so like some of the best parts about what's ahead, like maybe we don't even know what they are because right. people aren't comfortable talking about them or they're just not part of what people say. So who knows? That's but, true. I don't know. We got a long way to live. My sister yesterday told me that we're going to live to be 130. I don't know where she got this information, but I was like, that's um, a long time. Then. I was like, okay, so like, should I go back to school? Because like, I've got a hundred more years almost. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, you can slow your roll a little bit. Maybe that's, I mean, that's sort of like thinking about effort versus ease and just like the striving versus allowing, yes. you know, and thinking about, okay, well, if we are going to live for a hundred more years, like how can you set yourself up? physically in a way that you feel good about, but also mentally in a way that you feel good about. And I think the thing with body that I'm coming to realize just through this conversation is 
bodies are one thing, but what our brains do to us in relation to our bodies is the real work maybe for me. Um, Same. Because, you know, I think we're both fortunate enough that we have like a, a generally pretty healthy body. So, okay. So you have that. So then it's like a tinkering with and a tweaking and a critiquing of this thing that's probably decent. And then we like pile on all these projects, 100 day yoga project and like all these other things. It's like we're tinkering with something that was like probably fine. Just leave it alone. I think that's kind of why I'm done with that because it's sort of like I don't want to treat my body like a project. Right. I don't want my body is not is like a blessing. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like that. It's sort of like the number one thing I think that combats anxiety is like gratitude. Is mm-hmm. like we'll get you, we'll throw you immediately out of anxiety, and it's like it's kind of the same thing for your body. Like maybe you wouldn't think so much about your body if you felt freaking grateful for it. And then to like hear myself, if I were probably to listen back and like maybe try to listen back from like a different perspective of somebody who's dealt with body bias, you know, their entire life or things mm-hmm. like that, or like sickness or, or like sickness or illness. Disabil- oh yeah, my god, like yeah, and, yeah, like what I would sound like an a hole because <laughs> <laughs> because really, you know. It's hard because we each only have our perspective and I'm also allowed to mine, just like everybody's yeah. allowed to theirs. Like there's, yeah. you know, I, I believe in that. Like you're yeah. allowed to feel a certain way. Well, because um, the only experience any single person has is their experience. Yes. And so we can't, it does us like literally no good. And it doesn't do you any good to beat yourself up for the experiences that you've had and the thoughts that you've had to no, this point. No. Like that doesn't, that doesn't benefit anybody else. All we can do is like try to do better. No, and at the end of the day, I'm sharing them. But I, and I yeah. do, you know, I, I think I like your perspective of like thinking about other people's bodies. Like I think a lot of times, even I'm, you know, I'm a hairstylist. I touch people for a living, but I still am like, mm-hmm. ooh, bodies are gross. Yeah, I just heard somebody else saying something about that. We were talking about, I don't know what the story was or where I was, what was happening, where, I don't know. But it was like, there was a thought of like somebody saying like, oh, that is it. And I was like, what? Why do we think that? Why is that something that anybody would ever say the bodies are gross? Yeah. I mean, we are all animals and animals like, can sometimes be every, anybody who's lived with an animal, they're dirty. I swear like, I didn't know I was an animal until I gave birth. And it, <laughs> because of like that whole process, it is all freaking the nine months, the baby showers, well, all like, that yeah. crap. Girl, it is an illusion. All the doctor visits, you get in that room, you're pushing a child out of your body. No, you're a freaking animal. And everybody in there knows it. They don't know what's going on either. They're like, what is happening? <laughs> is nature at its finest? And you, it is a, it is a moment where you were like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, we all just come out of other people. It's crazy. <laughs> That's true. I think about it's that crazy. at the mall and at airports and at Target. I'm like thinking like, you were all this small and everybody, somebody wiped your butt. Like it's just. Wow. And then we're all going to get old and somebody's going to wipe our butt It's again. a circle of life. Yeah. And it's all very, that's all very physical. And so it's, I don't know. I don't know. We just got to. If we can, if we're at a point in our journey where we can love the body that we have, I think that there is some magic to that. And I think that some of the discomfort can fall away. But, you know, if you've ever had like chronic pain or something like that, that'll like, that'll do some really weird stuff between your brain and your body. Yeah. Because then you're like, or like I've dealt with them. chronic bronchitis at different Mm -hmm. times in my life. And it's like put me under for like month at a time. And when you're de- when I'm dealing with something like that, it's so hard to stay in a positive headspace. It's so hard to not feel angry at your body. Mm-hmm. I can't even fathom what somebody is going through with like a chronic illness, like a yeah. true chronic illness. And I don't know, it just, you know, then when you feel healthy again, it's like immediately you feel such a happiness for your body and the gratitude that you haven't felt that like yep. you should be feeling all the time. But then you, for- and then you forget, then you forget. and then you, right? forget. And then you go, 
tried on swimsuits and you're like, what is this body? <laughs> I know. I want a oh, different God. one. <laughs> I know. But, you know, coming from a place of like, let's come from a place now of like a little bit, uh, let's shift the conversation. Is there anything that you do that's a practice of like self-care or like a something you do to make your body feel better or like that you have that like yeah. really you enjoy being in your body? Like what's an experience you're like, oh my God. I mean, I really like massage. Yeah. That's something I've liked for a really long time and that when it works in my life that I can afford to and I have the time to, I try to make it a priority. And I have been to talk about like effort and ease. I used to be the kind of client where I would tell the massage therapist that like, I want it to be, I want this to be a therapeutic massage. I want to feel it. I want it to hurt. I want it to feel like you did something. You moved stuff around. Like I was like kind of tough about it. And I prided myself on being tough in a massage. And the most recent person that I started, I recently changed massage therapist. And I, the first massage, she was like, she said something like, well, it doesn't have to hurt for it to be worthwhile. And yeah. I was like, huh, what do you mean? And so now I've totally shifted gear. I've been seeing her now pretty frequently, like maybe once every six weeks or something, mm -hmm. once every eight weeks. And I do a hot stone massage, which I used to mm -hmm. only think was like, only for vacation spa treatment. Yeah. Like it was like totally, that's not, that's not my real massage. Like it has to be, you know, tough. And so we do hot stones and she doesn't use a ton of pressure and I still feel really nice. It actually, it feels really nice. That's yeah. the difference. It's not like this like excruciating thing that I put myself through. I had somebody tell me that like it really shouldn't hurt to the degree that a lot of times it can. They're like, mm -hmm. if you're sore in the days after the massage, like something's been wrong, but I've also had this weird thing. I get massages. I do trade with somebody and I do massage pretty regularly and we laugh because if I get a massage, I'm, I get sick the following week. So uh -huh. I don't know if it like, and then I also have these things at home where I can do releases, like they're little roller balls where I can do like myofascial release on my own. Mm -hmm. And if I do it in my shoulders, two times I have been diagnosed with the flu the week after I've done it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, I've asked her about it. Cause I'm like, does it like, is it because I'm storing something in my body? Like it is, it is wild. And I don't yeah. know if it's also like psychosomatic. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know, but it is yeah. crazy. And so well, I would just stop doing massages. Well, I, I still do them because I do. I'm like, get, get it out. Like, you know, oh, it yeah. makes you feel like, oh, what's wrong? Like what's in there? I'm out. like, it's all the Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, interesting. I've never but, heard um, of that. But then I have another massage therapist and he was doing my massage and we got to talking and they can tell you so much about yourself. Like he's like, oh, your jaw, your mm -hmm. left leg, you know, mm -hmm. your hip, this part and this shoulder you have basically from doing hair, I have like um, oh, yeah. muscle injury. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we we're talking about that. And I said, you know, is there anybody who like doesn't feel icky, you know, like, cause they, they, they've, I've heard yes. the massage therapist yeah. like at the spa I used to work out talk like yeah. about people feeling like, Ooh. And it's so interesting to me, you know, because it, it feels crunchy, I guess, like their yeah. bodies. Yeah. And he said, yeah, people who don't work, who do just tons of yoga. Oh. I was like, fascinating. Yeah. Because I guess that's like, well, they're working their, they are working their yeah. bodies. Though, but they're, yeah, that's interesting. But they have like minimal stress. Yeah. Hmm. Well, because there's a lot of mind-body connection yes. if you're doing a lot of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. And not working, yeah. you know? So I was like, yeah. oh, this is so interesting. Hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. But, yeah. you know, there's so, I mean, there's so many things like that. I've never done, like, you've done acupuncture, I know. I was, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, acupuncture and cupping are two of my favorite things to do. If I am hurting or something, you know, I want to have some, I've gone to my acupuncturist with, like, any random body ailment I've been like my nose itches more than normal and she's like do, 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 do. that's the meridian here and she puts a bunch of needles on me and I love it I always feel 
So that's a silly example, but I mean, I've gone to her with real things. And yeah. I have felt relief. I've felt so cared for. I think that's finding the right practitioner. I've, right. I've gone to other acupuncturists and haven't felt that same way, but just having that sense of like, there's a knowledge base there with Chinese medicine that feels very like it is very ancient yeah. and connected to all these other bodies and people that have been before me. And so I really love that. And then cupping became like very popular over the Olympics, you know, summer Olympics a few years ago when like all of the swimmers and a few other Olympians, you could see like the cupping marks on their back and stuff. Um, but I've really liked it for neck tension. If I mm. had get tension headaches every so mm. often, I think it's great for that. But it's also really good if you ever get bronchitis again, it's really good for any like lung stuff because it oh, helps. I will get the, it again. Yeah. So, so it, yeah, it's after a massage, you're going to get something. So you can yeah. go from a massage <laughs> to get your <laughs> get sick and then go get cupped. No, the, um, my massage there was so kind because she'll actually take care of me when I'm sick and like rub like the oils that help my lungs all over my body when I'm like like coughing and I mean she's really generous to even touch me when I'm like that but I mean it's her fault because she gave me the massage no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah it is it's a strange thing I mean the thing that I think I want to work on most is just maybe not picking at my body so much mentally and also yeah just letting it be and loving it if if like a picking thought comes up, like I want to combat it with love. Like I just want to thwack it. And I hopefully at some point the battle will be less and it'll just be more like the ebb and flow of like a water waves crashing. Like it comes and then I just let it, let it ride. And I think like if we're fortunate enough to age, um, I mean, I know that's one thing that's on the horizon, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so that's something that I just... I think that the thing I crave, which I think the body positivity and anti-diet and all of those Mm -hmm. movements that are out there, first of all, I think that like they're still pretty fringe. Like the average person doesn't necessarily have exposure to that, but I feel fortunate that we do. Yeah, you're right. Um, And I'm I'm hopeful that like that will also turn as all these those young women that are leading this movement as they age, hopefully they will also help guide us into that. Because what I really like to see is more people talking about how they do feel good in their bodies and how they do feel good with the skin that they have and with the wrinkles that they have. And I mean, I'm all about knowing if there's a if there's a better way to treat what I have, I want to know about it. Right. So that I because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna drink liquid all day long and the best liquid to drink is celery juice then i'll drink celery juice right i don't know if i necessarily believe in the celery juice thing that hasn't been um my okay. experience i read the book okay i didn't know this man is just a medium yeah he's just a psychic there he's he not is. a doctor there no. was no i was like waiting i kept waiting for the part where he became the doctor <laughs> to kick in and i was like wait what but you no. know i also did it so i was did like did you well, did it make you feel better I mean, I love a, I love celery juice, so oh. it didn't bother me. I, I was drinking s- something similar anyway, so I was kind of like, okay, like I love a good, I love a green juice that tastes like greens. I don't have a super sweet tooth, so okay. for me, it was just like an enjoyable experience. Did I feel like I needed to go like juice celery every day? Yeah, no, but okay. I don't know. I mean, there's like a whole protocol to it. That's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I like, can't speak to that because I haven't done it. No, but I mean, if there's a if there's a better way to do it, and then I actually do it, and it makes me feel better, I'll stick with it. A good example is, and this is kind of getting into nutrition, but I've had a bulletproof coffee every morning for like five years, like except for when I travel. Like that's just something that like I tried it, it, it stuck. The habit is was easy for yeah. me, and it feels good. So like I'm all about doing those sort of things that like kind of work my way into like 
a healthier feeling. And then it also, when I do those things, makes me feel better about my body. So like, you know, coming off vacation or any of those times where you feel like you've like swayed off and your body feels like crap. Like now what I'm trying to do is just like, what's the easiest thing I can do to get myself back on track? Sleep. Sleep is like a thing that I, yeah. That's probably the number one thing for my body that I know I need to do that I'm not doing the best job Nobody with right is. now. It's, it's, I know there's all these like books and I have yet to read one, which is surprising, but there's yeah, like all these that's books. That's on that your I know, list. that's on my reading list. There are all these books about sleep that have come out and I've, I've listened to podcasts with some of the writers or authors on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is pretty fascinating because it's like we do spend a good, or we should be spending a good portion of our lives sleeping. And I think we've come up with all these ways to avoid it yeah. and it cannot be avoided. And it's like what they're That's finding is like, yeah. you, you got to do it. And you not only need to do it, you need to do it well. Like, you know, I do the blue light glasses. I do some of that stuff, but, okay. um, and I do think it helps. You like do. I do. I think it helps. I think it helps. We'll put that in the show notes. Cause I'm actually need to buy some. So I, yeah. I would like to know which, which ones you have and. Have you have you only had one pair? I only have one pair. Mine are okay. like a cheapie, and if I did it again, I'd pro- or if, when I do it again, I probably will buy a different one. And I've done okay. some research on that, so I can give you the info. Yes, yeah. we'll put it in. Okay. The other thing I'd be interested in in knowing is just like what, yeah. So with sleep, like, what do you think? What do you think would happen to your body if you like really dedicated an effort to sleep? I think I've had probably some of the, I've dealt with some issues with my thyroid, some issues with different things postpartum. And mm-hmm. I know that all of it came from not sleeping Yeah, because I was really like for That's months, super I only got, yeah, three months, three hours of sleep a night, like with yeah. that. And that was like, that's thyroid what, issues after having a baby are super common. I never thought that like, oh, that could be it's related to the sleep. Absolutely. The sleep deprivation killed me. And the worst part was like, everybody would be like, sleep when the baby sleeps, but I didn't want to. I was like, no, yeah. I want to like live my life for me in that moment. And I think if I have another baby, if I ever do that again, I will. Well, I don't know how I would take that advice and I have another kid, but. um, You would though. That's the thing I is I was way to. more restful after the I, second kid. I definitely will like, you know, I think it's that whole paradigm shift of like, oh my God, this is my life now. I'm trying to reconcile that. And like now I know that what the life you, is. Yeah, because so you I were don't, becoming a mother. Yes. Now you're a mother. Now I'm a mother. So yeah. I feel like the difference would be that I'd be like, okay, I'm asleep. I'm asleep. I'm going to take a nap. I need, because your body, like you go through this trauma and then all of a sudden it's like, now take care of somebody else and yeah. you have no sleep and no time to recover. Whereas like if you had a surgery or something, people you'd be car laid up in wreck. bed for like a month. Yeah, car wreck, surgery, like all of those big things. It's like, okay, now you need your rest. Let me cu- get you some soup. And then after a baby, it's both hormonal and like emotional. It's all of the things, but there's a real like pride factor. Yeah. Of like, again, that's like a cultural thing. The sleep thing is a cultural thing. Like what if, you know, we could take the exact same thing we were saying earlier of like, what if people started saying like, oh, well, I like went to bed really early and I feel super rested. Like that isn't a, that isn't water cooler talk. Nobody said no. everybody's like, oh, I need another cup of coffee because I didn't I mean, sleep last night. There's people who use it in addition to other things. Like I know when I wasn't drinking, like people would be like, oh, what have you noticed the biggest change in and the biggest shift? Because I did like a, a another 100 day challenge that I made it to like day 50, but vacation struck again. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, the only thing that I did notice shift was was the better sleep. And I think it's like that was a time where that got brought up a little mm, bit. Like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. having really like luxurious sleep, which I was. Oh, um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I did. But okay. I but I don't know. I have to read one of the sleep books. I would, I mean, we could maybe do a whole sleep episode because it really is. What if we each devote like took the time at some point to like devote to like 
resting and getting like the sleep we needed. Like, I don't even know if we could, number one, but. Yeah, no, we can't. That's the thing. We can't. It's just choices. We would have choices. to make. And yeah, the, adjusting. You have to make it a priority. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I mentioned that I'm trying to outsource my whole body to the universe. I mean, I got this new crystal and I was like, I <laughs> want to, I want to just give this thing that's on my to-do list known as my body. I want to give it to somebody else. So I'm, I held my crystal and I was like, universe, you can have my body for the next hundred days. Cause I was inspired by your hundred oh, day challenge. Oh, maybe that's my next hundred day challenge. <laughs> give it, give it away. Give my body to the universe. And I was like, I just can't, I can't be bothered to worry about this anymore. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a decent enough place that I feel stupid worrying about any of it. So it, I don't. It is, it is, yeah. it is a futile mission for yeah. most of the part. Like, am I really going to look back in five years and remember like the one inch of belly fat that's sitting there? Like, well, that's the thing am too. I really going to remember like the cellulite? Like, when no. you look back at pictures of yourself in moments of, of joy, yeah, even if your body wasn't where you wanted it to be or whatever, like there has been times where I've looked back at pictures and I'm like, well, I just look really happy or good. Like th that's what matters. Yeah. And so I think to sum it all up, I mean, we all have the body that we're in what if we picked it? What if this is what we chose? Like, I don't know for sure. Oh, but yeah, like, what if, what if we were like in a line, we we're like, I want that one. And we wanted that one because we wanted what we had, what we were going to have. And so, you know, you picked out your Barbie. Really blown now live in it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and love it. Because it's yes. the only Barbie doll you're going to get to play with the rest of your life. God. <laughs> so you blew my mind with the I dead flower. I didn't know Barbie was going to get a mention. <laughs> So we're gonna be like either. the anti-Barbie. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> the body, the body conversation, and now it's a horrible. But yeah, that's a pretty bad reference. <laughs> the American Girl doll. <laughs> more appropriate. Uh, Is it though? I don't know. Not, not at all. At no. least more. Uh, probably more proportional. I don't probably, know. Yeah, probably more culturally <laughs> open. Yeah, you know, that's oh. the that's the lens that I'm coming from. Wow. We're all That's just Sims. Funny. We're all just the Sims. The Sims. Yeah. yeah. Did you play the Sims? Oh God, yes. I was that person that would like put them in the pool, take their ladders out, like evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it's not like a fully baked podcast episode until we're both embarrassed. So I think this is a good We've done it. To, We've yeah. we finished now. We're here with bodies, embarrassing <laughs> bodies. <laughs> bodies that we love. Bodies that we love. And we love your bodies. Yeah, so maybe you can tell us about your bodies. Go to our Instagram page and uh and share with us something about your bodies. We're gonna post that you like that you like. So yeah, we're gonna post yeah. something a, a prompt for you to share something positive about your bodies. We want to hear it. Okay, friends. Thank you for Bye -bye. listening. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff. That's pretty woo. Can you each say something from this episode that sticks out to you? Maybe a moment or... I mentioned several that stuck out to me, but yes, I, I know I have one. Um, okay, for great. me, for me, it's the 
when I was mentioning the Gabby Bernstein photo, which is still up on her Instagram. And then I go in that big old spiel about... Yes, which can I interrupt um, you and tell yeah. you about that? So that, this is Kayleen, that photo that you're talking about is from Hypnobirthing, which oh. I took and like I'm obsessed with. <laughs> and that photo is supposed to represent like the flower blossoming and opening during birth. It which- does. <laughs> and then it dies. And so <laughs> I, I really, but listening back to that, I was like, oh, I really, I laughed at myself. And I was like, it's funny to hear yourself and sometimes appreciate. I feel so often I listen back and I'm like, what am I talking about? And in that instance, I was like, no, I really, I stand by what I'm saying. And I, I like appreciate it. I think it's like interesting and funny. And, and for me, that was like a, out of maybe every episode we've recorded, I think that was like a random truth that came out that I was like really proud of. What about you? Yeah, I think that the thing that I was most still exploring in the episode is the outsourcing my body to the universe concept (laughs) where I'm like, I'm giving it a crystal and a hundred days and all these silly wacky ideas that I have, which I'm still playing with, but this hasn't really been going the way that I anticipated. <laughs> like lit, getting my, giving my body over to the universe is like, I don't even think I understand what that really means. And so I've kind of backed away from that a little bit, which maybe has been a letting go process. Mm-hmm. Like I, in making it a project to give my body to the universe was like a silly thing to begin with. Like the actual giving my body away is just allowing it to be and not treating it like a project, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think through my history of swimming and just through my life and the culture that we're in, like our bodies are constantly projects to us. We're told to do this and this and this. Right. It's about making your life, your masterpiece, not your body, which is a Glennon. Do you guys know Glennon Doyle Melton? She wrote this this article, I think for the Huffington post years ago. And that always stuck with me, just the title of that article, because I think again, it goes back to diet culture and, you know, the prevalence of eating disorders and comparison and negative body image really lends itself to, we put so much time and effort into controlling our bodies and managing our bodies. And our bodies really aren't something to be controlled or managed through exercise and the way we eat and what we don't eat. And it's something what we're talking about all the time where we could be using that energy towards anything else, towards, you know, making something towards starting a creative project, towards making a podcast, towards relationships, our children, anything, honestly. And the amount it really makes me sad to think about the amount of time and brain space that I've devoted to counting calories or feeling bad about myself or wishing my body was different or trying to make it different actively or stressing about scheduling workout classes that I could have put that energy towards anything else. I could have learned more. I could have put more effort into my brain and developing that and making that stronger than into my body. And our bodies aren't something to be controlled. They're meant to be lived in and they're meant to be enjoyed and of course taken care of too. And I think it's about finding that balance between healthy hedonism and trying to like I said, enjoy them for all we can and be present in them, which is another part of this episode that really stuck out to me. You guys talked about this in the very beginning about walking into a room and taking a beat to be in your body. And that's something that I used to be very into listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks videos, and they would always call it pre-paving, like before you walk into a new 
situation, like before you walk into a new client or to a new meeting or, you know, going from thing to thing, stopping, breathing, like getting in your body, being present, because it really does make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw you were recently on Ashley Wood's podcast, Manifest This, and she talks a lot about like doing these small practices to get back into the body. And it is, it can be a big thing, right? Or it can be a really small thing. We have access to our bodies literally on a moment's notice, but it's just getting that awareness and realizing like, oh, I'm out of my body, I'm in my head or wherever you are. And then taking that just that slice of time to come back to yourself. And what a gift when you realize it. And sometimes you don't, (laughs) sometimes it doesn't happen and that's fine too. But yeah, that's something that even though we say it in the episode, like it's something we both practice, I think on an every moment basis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one thing I say in the episode is I'm talking about like the body positivity movement and just paying so much attention to our bodies, which I think is kind of what you were saying a minute ago. And I think since then, I've kind of learned a little bit more about like the body neutrality movement since this episode was recording. And that's been really eye-opening because it just kind of takes away the focus on our bodies as our self-worth because it it just shouldn't be that. It you know Our bodies are a gift and they're a blessing. And if we have the full access to utilize them, then that's a blessing. And that's what it should be. The focus should be on not about how we look and how we feel others view us. And I think so often that's what we get wrong. Yeah. But at the same time, the one thing that we talk about that I really want to hold on to is taking a moment to say when we do, when we are feeling ourselves and when, when instead of putting ourselves down in camaraderie, Mm -hmm. being a leader and saying like, no, I feel really good in my body today or whatever the case may be. Or we have an episode about sleep coming out and it's the same thing. Everybody's always talking about how they're not getting enough sleep and they're drinking coffee instead. And it's like, what if you had a friend that was like, actually, I took a three hour nap yesterday and I feel good. More of that awareness and positivity around when we are feeling good Mm -hmm. because that's such an uncommon thing that is really uncomfortable actually I think for me to like speak well about myself makes me feel weird and nervous and I don't know why that is yeah I think it's what you just said the camaraderie I think especially as women like if I say that I feel good that means that you're not yeah but that's not true interesting yeah that's true Yeah. I just think we all feel ups and downs in our bodies. And I think generally being gentler with our bodies was the theme of this episode, which is something that everyone could stand to hear again and again. A couple more postscript things I'm curious about. The podcast has been out for how long at this point? We launched in August. What has the response been and how have you guys felt? Honestly, we've had really an overwhelming response in terms of a lot of listeners and a lot of, yeah, a lot of listeners. I mean, we think we were in a lot of listens. I think people are really sticking with us, which makes us feel great. And we kind of gather up new people with each episode, which is also great. And I think it's been fun, you know, working behind the chair. A lot of my clients have it like listening and then coming in and wanting to talk about the podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you feel a little like exposed when somebody hears this like private dialogue conversation you have with a friend and then it's (laughs) also, we put it out, but you put it out there. Yeah. And so that's been an interesting thing, like getting comfortable. I think I'm really lucky that Kayleen is my partner because I think I'm somebody that can get held up by perfectionism and somebody that can get held up by getting self-conscious. And it's nice because I feel like Kayleen is really like, you know, just put it out there. We just got to do it. But it's great for me because it's really forced me out of, 
I think I get stuck in the like revision process far too long. And it's nice to kind of have to put your stuff out there. And it's just, it just goes to show like, just create, just do something, just put it out there. And you just never know what will happen. And I think we're still like figuring that out. Yeah, I think two of the things that have been most interesting to me is when I speak to somebody about the podcast that hasn't heard it and they don't know what the word woo means or what mm-hmm. woo woo is. And I'm like, what? I thought everybody knew what woo woo was. And then also when people are like, oh, I'm more woo than I thought when they mm-hmm. listen, because we talk about everyday topics and everyday things and sort of help ourselves and our listeners understand where the woo woo elements are, which honestly, I think we can make an argument for almost everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the other thing people say, which I'm super proud of is that they like the quality that they're surprised when they just meet me and they just know me as like a mom and a regular person that it sounds so well produced. And that's like total credit to Jordan and her husband. really my husband, Framewave Media. (laughs) (laughs) That's you. But it also is your course and just having we had high expectations for ourselves and high standards. Mm -hmm. And so we went after it and we wanted to make it a, we didn't want to make a show that wasn't quality, but still you don't know how it's going to be received. And so to have that feedback always feels really good. How did the course help you guys? I think specifically for me, I was saying how I enjoyed how like hands-on you were and involved in it you were. And it really felt in a lot of ways more like a workshop where you're actually like working with somebody than than just like your average e-course where you just like sign up and flip through, you know, slides. Flip through slides. Yeah, And it was a lot of content. And I, I think a, lo- a lot of it that resonated with both of us is the people. It's really great quality people that you've gotten to do these recordings. And they're all people that resonate with us and that, you know, you mean the guest interviews? interviews. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The guest interviews were probably my favorite thing because I love listening to podcasts. It was like my own private podcast about podcasting that I got to listen to (laughs) about my secret podcasting project. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we did it a few, we signed up for the course a few months before we wanted to launch. And so we had the time and I think it was the accountability also. And the incentive of the competition was really like a good solid deadline for us. It gave us the thing to work towards. So there was a lot of benefits to it, honestly. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we could have made That's Pretty Woo without it, but it was a huge advantage for us. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we thought the same thing about like, like the body episode. We were like, how's this going to be taken? Like, you know, (laughs) is it too much about like workout or this or that? And I think just the fact that it all worked out the way it should, we, we feel like we kind of manifested it. And (laughs) we were really, you know, it just feels kind of, Right. And so I was happy that, yeah, I think the contest was a really great element to your course, actually. Mm-hmm. I love that you said it felt like a workshop and not a course, because it's funny. I I just asked, I use the word course, but I've been really trying to not use that word because I don't like that word. And no offense to any online courses, just for some reason, I have an aversion to it where I just... I really want this to be like a writer's workshop, but for podcasts. So like... That's what it was. Project mm-hmm. and... Was. Yeah. And allowing people to get feedback from other people in the group and from me and to feel supported. Because like you said, you could have easily gotten all the information in this workshop by Googling. I say this all the time, but like I'm a really bad Googler and I like having structure and support and I need a lot of direction and then to I can be free within that. And so that's what I wanted to create for other people. So you guys just articulated that perfectly, which I love. And thank you for saying all that. Did you guys think that you were going to win this contest? Did you have, what was your, what did you? Um, I mean, I think we really hoped that, but then I think at one point we kind of got the feedback or like 
we were kind of like, what's happening with that contest? And it was like, oh, there were like 20 entries. And I think that from that moment, we kind of like, okay, we kind of lowered our expectations of would we win? But I think, I think the thing was, we were really proud of the episode. And our thought was like, you know what, that's a great bonus episode if we don't win. And I think we felt like we did our best, which I'm not very competitive. And so to even submit <laughs> to a contest is like kind of out of my nature. But I do think we were really proud of the work and thought there was a chance. So yeah, we knew we wanted to win. Yeah. And whether or not we were going to win. I mean, I think it was certainly a vulnerable feeling submitting the bodies episode because it wasn't this like generic vanilla safe topic. <laughs> like it was like, well, either it's going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were like, that could either be received one way or the other. And it's funny yeah. that you like, you even mentioned that. it, you yeah. know, you were like, oh God, this could be this. And we thought the same thing. Yes. So, <laughs> but we're really glad it came to this. I'm so happy too. One thing that I love about you too is like the dynamic between co-hosts. How has the creative collaboration between the two of you been? It's actually been really great and really interesting. I know that like when I was manifesting like my words for the year, one of them was like creativity. Another one was collaboration. I did a workshop, like an astrology workshop that talked about how Kayleen and I are both rising Geminis. And it was all about how if you're a rising Gemini, this is the year of collaboration and learning to work with other people and boundaries and all these things. And I think you, I think we navigate those things pretty well. I mean, that's not to say we don't come up where we like don't agree on something. I think we also recognize that like, we don't have to agree on everything and we can still make it work and we can still have like a really healthy, wonderful, functioning dynamic together. And I think if anything, it makes the podcast more interesting to listen to. Yeah. So yeah, because um, like if it was like my best, best friend that I've known for 10 years that I was, we would just be saying the same thing. We'd be like, yeah, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like, there's no contrast there. Whereas Jordan and I have known each other for about five years, mm-hmm. but only in the client hairstylist relationship where like, I feel like I'm secretly living every girl's dream, like becoming friends with my hairstylist. <laughs> So I'm like, oh, I'm so cool now. But at the same time, we're still learning a lot about each other because I don't, we don't know like the backstories on everything. And there's tons of stories that we haven't heard from each other. Mm -hmm. So that has been like a really nice added benefit is that as we continue to work together, like more layers are revealed. Yes. I think you really picked up on something there of like in a co-host dynamic to have a little bit of distance, I think is really useful. I'm sure it can work if you're really close friends with someone as well. I'm sure that might add another element. But in my case and in your case, I think that element of surprise and unveiling something in real time to the people listening as well as the person actually there is interesting and useful for the content. I think it serves the work. I want to go back to having people see you when they comment on something from the podcast outside of kind of like seeing a teacher outside of school when they, I think of that mean girl scene every single time somebody (laughs) mentions the podcast. I'm like, I'm like Tina Fey with my like TGI Fridays. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really, it's an interesting thing because I relate to that so much where it's very easy for me to share about vulnerable things with people I don't know. Like all day long, I can emote on the internet, but it's sharing with real life friends and family that scares me. So when people that I know in my real life comment on something I've posted on Instagram 
or comment on something that I've said in the podcast, I'm a little bit like, oh my God, you saw that or you listened to that, which I shouldn't be because I put it out there. I, and if anything, I'm, I'm happy and grateful that they're engaging in my work, but it, it's often surprising and it's often a bit jarring to have people see this intimate, different version of you than you're giving them in real time and then having to talk about that. It's, it's a complicated thing. Yeah, it's been really interesting. And it's funny because sometimes the people I think will be listening, you know, they're kind of like not listening as much and that's fine too. And I'm kind of like, well, that's cool. Cause like you're my friend. So like the barrier to entry is low, you know, you'll, you'll listen eventually I, I would think, but then it's like the people who might listen to every episode and will text me or reach out to me or come in and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it, it, yeah, it's just exactly what you said. Like, I, I love that you made that reference. Cause that's what I always say about like being caught outside of school. And it is, it's a really interesting dynamic, I think, in creation, especially like in this world where, especially, I guess, the nature of a podcast in general, where people are listening to a one-on-one conversation. Yeah. And I think it also cuts through the small talk when somebody references like a deep conversation that you had. It just like, you dive in and you're like, hold on, we didn't even talk about the weather and like what you've got going on this weekend. So like, I think one of the reasons why, you know, an everyday encounter is surface is because that's just how it is. Like it would be a little off-putting if I was like, tell me your deep, dark secret about your body right out the gate. (laughs) But like in an hour long conversation that we're having, you know, we kind of like meander there. But then when someone calls it out, like in a conversation, you're like, hold on a second. I'm still sipping on my latte here. Like give me a minute to catch up. So it's just like a pacing thing too. Mm. Yes, exactly. It's a pacing thing. That's such a good way to articulate that. It is. It's jarring to be called out on something that you said in one setting in another setting can be a bit strange. And I don't know if that's amazing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get to go deep, like, oh, okay. Like, so that's a, it's a, it's time travel really. Right. (laughs) That's such a good point. I've, I've been struggling with that recently a little bit in new relationships where because I've done this podcast and I have conversations with people like you guys who have listened to my podcast and know a bit about me from that and I'll I'll meet them. And I have a lot of friends who I've had for a long time. And so I almost forget that like, I can't go that deep right away. Like I need to listen and be able to talk about the news and the weather and those things are interesting too. Like not talking about feelings all the time is actually a skill to have to be a human being in the world and educating yourself to be able to to speak on those things. It can kind of be a cheap way to connect, even though I think it's the most intimate and the most beautiful. And I love talking about, you know, what I call soft stories, like tender, vulnerable tales. Like I really do think that's crucial and important. But it can be, like I said, a cheap way to connect too. I think sometimes you do want to just start with like where people feel comfortable talking, especially on like a first date or an interview with someone or someone you're just like meeting for the first time. You can't go right there. And that's something where I'm kind of having to reel myself in a little bit just because I'm in this interesting position where like I've done this for so long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, for person to person, I know that for me as a hairstylist, I do tend to go deep even with my clients. So I guess it's not that surprising that they would listen to a conversation and then come sit in my chair and want to talk about it. I think by nature, that's kind of how I am as well. And for instance, I'm married to somebody who's not that way. So it's like always an interesting dynamic when we're at a party and he's like, what are you out there telling all these people? (laughs) 
And I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm just sharing me. I'm getting deep. And so, you know, I think that, but yeah, I don't, I can't say that I can speak to like how to have those boundaries, but I think that it probably is important. I think the thing about the podcast that feels like, oh, a little jarring is that they're listening to you have an intimate conversation with somebody else. They're a fly on the wall. It's sort of like, Katie, I know you love the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset movies. And I love those too. And even doing this podcast, it feels like that to me. It's like, oh, we're having these like really intimate conversations that then we make other people privy to. And it's sort of like going in and being in that movie all of a sudden. Like That's what it feels like when somebody approaches you to talk about a conversation you had, an intimate conversation you had with somebody else. But it's also, again, I'm putting it out there. And, and you just have like a much higher level of exposure with that. Given yeah. The nature of your job. It, it like, is. I'm an, not, yes, that's so I'm true. not having people rotate out of my chair. I'm not a hairstylist. So mm-hmm. you just have like a higher instance of that. Mm-hmm. And probably Katie, you do too. Like my circle is pretty small these days. So I'm not like getting random people telling me that. So I'm in a little, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's just interesting because yeah. I have to recall the conversation and you yeah, know, it's, it's just a weird kind of thing. And that's something I think about a lot with podcasting is it's this intimacy by proxy mm-hmm. that is like a really cool thing that as a listener, you get to participate in a deep conversation and learn things while you're driving or doing the dishes. You get to like experience what deep feels like while you're going about your day. But there's also like a trickiness to that. One of the gifts that the podcast has given us is that we are truly going deep with another person. And there's like some serious magic to that, that we get to experience. So yeah, but we do leave each recording session with a true vulnerability (laughs) hangover. Like literally we have to take the whole rest of the day to decompress. We have like our like acupuncture and massages (laughs) scheduled because it's a lot to even with your friend to have like you know, we typically do three episodes, three back-to-back conversations, yeah. like diving into the deepest parts of your psyche. Like it's a, it's a lot. We so, try to mix in some, yeah, some fluffier <laughs> some fiction too. episodes. <laughs> That's so interesting to hear that you record three at once. It, it's cool to hear your process. I love that. And it's so interesting to, I love that you take care of yourself in, in that way and that it's, it is draining. It is draining to have these conversations and the amount of presence it requires can make you really tired after. It's also wonderful, but acknowledging that is a good thing to do. <laughs> um, in our body, as we yeah, talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back around. One of the barriers to starting something new is often that it feels like a permanent decision. I'm going to do X and then I'm going to do it forever. And so there's a little bit of fear that comes with making such a huge commitment. So we kind of came out of the gates expecting we're going to do this for a season and see how we feel and see what we think. And you know, it's different than starting your own podcast by yourself because if you want out, you just stop. Whereas now like we're in it together and I don't want to let Jordan down. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to let me down. But at the same time, I think there is that, that window of option that like, if it's not working for either of us, we can stop. And there's freedom in that. Like it makes me feel good to show up for the podcast, knowing that like, if for some reason it stopped being this like joyful and wonderful experience, we don't have to do it forever. So I would say go for it and also like give yourself the parameter so that you feel safe exploring what it is that you want to create. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm. I really like that. I was speaking at a podcasting festival in Columbus last weekend or a couple of weekends ago and Krista and Lindsay from Almost 30 were the other keynote speaker and my friend 
ask their assistant, like, what, what do you think is behind their success? Like, what's the, what's, what's going on here? And she was like, you know, it's a lot of things, but it's really that when one of them has an idea and one of them's down, the other one always picks it up and vice versa. And they can, and I think I was, I heard that and I was like, oh man, what a bummer that I'm a, like alone in most of my work <laughs> because I do have that dynamic with Serena and this, you know, small project that we have together because when I don't feel like recording, I show up because I'm showing up with her. And it's a lot easier to keep promises to other people than it is to, you know, and I'm pretty like you, Jordan, self-motivated and self-disciplined and competitive only with myself. However, still, there's a level of like, if I said I'm going to be there at 10 to work on a project by myself at the coffee shop, if I get there at 10, 10, whatever. But if I told Serena I was going to meet her at a certain time, I'm going to be there. You know, Mm -hmm. I really encourage people to start something with a friend because I won't lie. It's more, it is very challenging to do something on your own. And I, it's, there's other challenges and collaborating with another person. You can't make every decision on your own and there might be creative compromises stylistically However, I think the the pros outweigh the cons if you do it right, if you get that peanut butter and jelly combination mm. right. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty, I mean, we're pretty happy with how it turned out. And I used to joke that like, oh, I would love to have a podcast if all I have to do is show up and talk. And that's like sort of the magic of the situation that we have is that somehow magically after knowing each other for years, it fell into place that literally I go to Jordan's house and sit down in a chair. I show up and talk like that's the (laughs) setup. I don't know how it happened, but I think that it came to me that I wanted to connect with Jordan about this. I knew that she was really seeking community. And then the timing was so perfect with when your course launched, I knew about it and then you opened it and I was like, we should do this. And like, I also should. knew about it. It was it yeah. kind of come onto my plate too. And I'd, I'd noticed it and I was like, Oh, and then Kaylee was like, let's do this. So we both did it. And we were like, okay, like this is our commitment. And the course was nice too, because that's a whole nother commitment. But again, the contest helped and all, like that, that's another level of accountability. So yes. um, yeah. it was really uh, not course, the workshop, the um, workshop. <laughs> yeah. but it really did. It was, it was definitely worth it. And I would say, yeah, to anybody who's thinking about it, you know, follow those creative pings because I think they lead to something, especially when you pay attention to them. And that was something that we sort of encouraged each other pursuing those pings along the way and having... So maybe you, if you want to start your own podcast by yourself, like maybe you do it alongside somebody else. That's another thing that like magically happened is that I have a really good friend who also launched a podcast around the same time as us. And so that's also been really fun. She, It's a totally different vibe, different thing, but we're able to also bounce ideas off of her. And the timing of everything is that we launched like a few weeks apart. Mm-hmm. So that's been really cool too. Yeah. I hope people in the workshop can have that collaboration with other people starting something, even if you're both doing something alone, but you know, to have that, you know, when I was in school, you would have like your friend in science class that you could like compare notes with and be like, am I doing this right? And it's always nice to have that friend in class who you can be supportive of each other. And I really liked what you said, Kayleen, about how making a creative decision, something that keeps you in paralysis is the fear of it being forever. And you guys made a promise to each other that you'll stop when it stops being fun. And Serena and I did the same thing. I mean, we started recording this because I came over to her house every Wednesday to like do a workout video and eat breakfast. And then Mm -hmm. we would talk about anxiety And then we ended up starting spiraling and 
we said from day one, like, we're never going to record unless we're like also doing something fun, like having snack or like going to get a drink or like doing a workout class. And we're going to stop when it stops being fun. And we've had moments where it's like, I don't really want to record right now. And we've pivoted from that because I think when you're doing a project that's, it's not because of money, it's like not a monetary gain for us. We have to make sure that it feels good. And that's how you make something that's worthwhile and useful to the world. So Anyway, thank you guys for submitting this episode and sharing it with Let It Out. I'm so grateful that people can listen to this and that you have many more where this came from. What are you guys most excited about right now in your life in general and for the future of the podcast? Well, Jordan and I love a fresh start. So we're pretty excited about 2020 and New Mm -hmm. Year, New Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we love some fresh starts. That's been pretty exciting. I mean, I'm happy for all the episodes that are going to finish out the year. I think, you know, we plan pretty far out so that we can give ourselves time to kind of study the subjects. And I feel really excited about those and honestly just like excited about the feedback we've been getting and the you know like little notes from strangers that they found the podcast and they love it and things like that it means a lot yeah us. i think after you like launch something there's like so much energy around that that now we're in a phase of like doing the work like showing mm-hmm. up and so i think these next few months up until the new year and then i we're just really excited about the new year i mean <laughs> who knows what's going to happen but 2020 seems pretty exciting oh i'm glad you're excited i'm excited too man thank you so much for sharing this episode you guys are really cool just right now let out anything else that you guys have been holding in that you want to share is there anything that you wish that i would have asked that you want to tell people about? I mean, I think we both want to express our gratitude because we really do feel quite grateful to you for taking the time even to listen to the episode and to put this out there for us because it's a it's a big deal. And just to put the course out there and something that we could dive into and you know have. As far as anything else, like I can't think of anything that I wish you'd ask because I think you you do a great job interviewing. Yes, you are a pro at that. And I think the one thing that I would say in regards to bodies, but also podcasting and anything else is just when you slow down and get quiet and think about like wherever you are in life, myself, Jordan, you, Katie, like all the listeners, like you're probably doing a lot better job than you're giving yourself credit for. And if we all just like took a moment to realize like, Hey, you're doing a really good job. And of course there's like things you want and things you could have done differently and all the thoughts like, but in your heart, like if you can get to just a tiny little corner space where you have that peace of mind to know like, Hey, I'm doing a good job and doing my best. Like that's just the thing. That's a gift that you can give your body and that you can give somebody else. So that would be the thing I'd want to let out. Hmm. You guys are so great. I wish we could hang out every day or I wish you could have <laughs> <my> moms. <laughs> Will you guys do the deep breath with me? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Inhale. Exhale. Let it out. <sighs> that feels better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. I really enjoy them. They're fantastic. I'm going to be going to Austin for Thanksgiving and I hope to get to hang out with them in person because I'm a fan. I really like their podcast and their work and I'm so proud of them for creating it and sharing it. Since I started a podcast <laughs> during this last session of Let a Podcast Out, 
I'm gonna make Serena and I the winner of this contest as well and leave you guys with a clip from my new podcast, my second podcast with Serena Wolf spiraling. Go over to that feed and give it a listen if you haven't already. I love Serena so much and I love this project that we produced together. So this is a clip from a recent episode and I would love your feedback. I think it's all in the framing. The truth is, is that responsibility to manage it, I think for my anxious brain, I like responsibilities. And I like like to-do lists and things like that. So I'm like, ah, I don't know, like doing my workout and eating properly and taking my CBD and like whatever, like it actually feels good to do those things. And like, then I also have that sort of self-validation when I am doing those things that I'm like, you're doing great, sweetie. Keep it up. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) really- I like Chris Jenner myself. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's really important and useful to like, like we were saying, I think in the career episode about school for you, how it was like, it really gave your brain a bone to like chew on, you know, and it gives your anxiety something to chew on when you like have somewhere to put stuff. And I think that's really crucial of like, when you can put your anxiety into a project, someone, we had a spiraling dinner. We did. All together. And I think it was whoever was sitting where I'm sitting now in our recording Allie. studio slash Allie Serena's Weiss. dinner table. Help yes, how Everyone yes. follow her. She's Allie said this wonderful thing where she was like, actually, I think it was when we were cleaning up. Anyway, at some point during the evening, she said this thing about putting when you have a lot of anxiety, putting it towards a creative project really, really helps. And like, absolutely, that's been so helpful for me lately of just like choosing something to focus on because I was doing a million different things and like giving your anxiety a lot of things to focus on is almost worse. So if you can just hone in on like yeah. what you have to do that day, we were talking about that earlier, is really helpful. Love it. Tell me My what spiral. you're spiraling about. Okay, so update for me, because like you were saying, this podcast has been such a capsule of like our year. We've really, you know, grown and changed on it. It's been your book journey, my like weird breakup move travel year journey. It's been a big year for you. (laughs) It's been more change in the last nine months than my entire life altogether. It's your cocoon year. Yeah, definitely. And so next year, that means I'm going to be a butterfly. Yes. (laughs) Great. Great. (laughs) 30 flirting thriving. Metamorphosis. Yes. Yeah. So basically I, friends would tell me and people listening to the podcast, things that they heard me talk about on the podcast over this winter. And I was like, oh, I I almost cringed a little bit because I was like, oh, I was kind of experiencing like the worst of my depression and anxiety kind of during these months, which is why this was such a cathartic project. But I was like, oh, I, I can't go back and listen. And kind of reminding me of, of, this was such a bright spot, but like moments of like, wow, I have been through an arc this year. And I think I'm in such a better spot now recording this with you than a lot of the episodes that we recorded earlier this year. And yeah. like, I remember one morning even coming over and being like, I can't record today. Like it was April and raining. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. And we just like, but we were both kind of going through it that day and we like sat over there anyway. But I guess what I've been spiraling about recently has been like a smaller scale spiral, which, which shows that, you know, I, I moved and I traveled and I moved again. And now I'm in a spot where I'm like grounded for a couple months and I'll probably be traveling again a little bit before I like really root somewhere. And that's just, I don't have 
travel anxiety, but that's just a lot of change. And that's a oh lot of God. like yeah. jarringness for one person. And I realized how that's affected me much like sleep for you. I haven't been great at that either, but like how that affects my anxiety so much, just the amount of change and being in New York for a certain amount of months ahead of me just feels really good to not be moving. But I did have to figure out the travel I am going to be doing the next few months. And I don't have travel anxiety that a lot of people do have. The piece of my anxiety that has to do with travel, and I wonder if you have this, we haven't really talked about this, booking travel. Like think, it goes back to my my indecision. I do not book travel until the last minute. Like Logan wants to murder me. And this fucking Labor Day I didn't book until the last minute and it, the flight was booked. Logan and I had to take two separate flights an hour and a half apart to come home. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so if you, again, if you want to sign up for Let a Podcast Out, you have a couple days to do so. I would love to have you. And please check out Zoe's podcast, The Wisdom Within and Kayleen and Jordan's podcast, That's So Woo. I love them all. And if you were in the last round of my course and submitted something, thank you. It means so much that you made a creative project and were willing to share it with me. I'm so proud of all of you. And thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with a fresh new episode for me and dig into the archive of Let It Out if you haven't, if you're new. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you on Instagram. The emoji for this week's episode is the microphone, the like podcast looking old timey microphone. Let's just keep it at that. All right. Love you guys. Bye.